0: Welcome to the Pool Guy podcast show. In this episode, I'll be answering some of your YouTube questions again, and I'll go over some of these in more detail. I can only answer maybe one or two sentences on YouTube, and so this is a way for me to unpack these questions and give you a more thorough answer. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So this one comes from my video, The Easy Trick to Remove a Polaris or Penta Wall Fitting. Without breaking it off in the wall, kind of a, a one of those Amazon type titles, you know, when you are ordering an office chair or a desk, it's going to say wooden desk for, you know, four feet, whatever description is actually what the product is. And same with this video description. So a lot of times the little tabs in the wall connector will snap off. This can happen when you're trying to take it out. Maybe a customer is trying to remove it for a party and you have to kind of push in and then turn it in order for it to disengage from those tabs. Most people will just grab it and turn it, and that just breaks the tabs right off. Sometimes if they have a party and people are using the pool, people will swim and they'll actually break it off. I've seen that happen also. They'll hit the quick disconnect and break that off into the wall. And at that point, there's no easy way to get it out of of the wall, unless you do my trick that the video explains. So the question is, I found this... Uh, so I found this tip, but it was too late. When I went to remove the existing UWF, I put a fresh one in. You know, he kind of messed it up. He was in the pool trying to cut it out and all this stuff. So now the threads inside the wall fitting are also damaged. So this trick basically is you put the quick disconnect back into the wall fitting, and you hold it in there with your hand because this is going to create some support when you go to remove it with a pair of channel locks. So if you try to remove it when it's empty... The physics of the whole thing is that the empty part starts to buckle and bend as you're trying to turn it out with the channel locks. But if you put the quick disconnect back in and hold it with your hand because it's not going to stay in there because again, remember the tabs are broken off the inside. So put it in with one hand and push it all the way in and hold it there. And then take the pair of channel locks and unscrew the wall fitting. I think I discovered this by accident. So I've done this a few times where, you know, they broke off in the wall and I tried to get them off with the channel locks and it just became a mess because they started cracking and one day this happened at a pool the customer was having a party took it out and he didn't push in first and so the tabs broke and i saw the quick disconnect on the deck of the pool next to it and i was just automatically i just got this thought in my head Huh? i wonder if i put it in there because i do this sometimes whenever i need to loosen it let's say that you know you're replacing a cleaner and I, i just did this recently I was replacing one of the Polaris cleaners on my route, and I wanted to put everything in new. They had a black Max cleaner, and so it was a black U- It was a black wall connector, UWF. And so I wanted to take it out and put a white one in. And so I, I took it out with it connected still to, to the Polaris, and I realized that that was really helpful in removing it. And so I just stuck it in with my hand. I took it off the deck and stuck it into the wall connector. And then I started using the channel locks and it turned really easily without cracking or bending it. And so this was a solution that I filmed. And I think, you know, this was several years ago and I've been doing this ever since. And a lot of people have been saved by this solution and it works really effectively. So if you do have a a Polaris wall fitting that has the tabs inside broken off, simply put the quick disconnect inside again and use a pair of channel locks to turn it. And I can almost guarantee you, you're going to get it off without cracking it. Now, if you did did this without this method, there are a few things you can do to, to salvage the threads in there. And this is very difficult unless you're actually standing in the pool. I've tried doing this from above the pool and it's really hard to do because of the angle and you get a headache also from leaning over the pool. Sometimes they're too far down, but you just need to get a saw blade and kind of just cut the inside of it. Sometimes you can get a screwdriver and you can tap it out. I've done this successfully where you get the screwdriver and tap it at an angle and you can tap it out of there. But the only thing you don't want to do is ruin the threads in there because that's kind of built into the pool with the builder and replacing that is not an easy thing. It can be done. They'll have to knock out some of the plaster around that and then they can put a new one in. So that can look as pretty as the original, but it can be done. It's something that's more of a construction type thing at that point, but usually you can get a saw blade, a small thin saw blade from Home Depot and cut that out or a hacksaw blade. It's gonna take pretty much forever, but you just wanna cut it to where you can get it and then break it out in there. You don't really wanna break it out with a screwdriver because then you're gonna crack the threads. So there's really not an easy way to get it out if it's broken off in there, unfortunately. And the easiest method is before you take it out, you put something in there to fill that void so when you turn it, it's not gonna crack. Here's a question I got from the Pool Skim Complete insulation Guide video. The Pool Skim is a great device if your pool has a lot of leaf debris and you have a lot of surface debris. It's a way to create a secondary skimmer. It's from South Africa. It's a pretty good product. The the piping is you know rated to their size plumbing. So if you wanted to add you know another length to install it, you'd have to order the PVC from them. They don't really have that size here in America. And the question is, does it automatically adjust the its height with the level of the pool? Pool water evaporates pretty quickly where I am from. So it does. Adjust to a point, there's a weir that's floating in there and it'll go down as the water level goes down. But there's only a certain point, I believe it's like two inches or an inch and a half, where you have that gap. And so, if the pool level gets down, maybe below the skimmer, this device won't work because you you install it at a level to where that weir is activating the pool and the leaf debris. And if it gets too low, that's not going to activate and work properly. It'll just kind of be setting down. At the same level as the basin of that device and basically it's not going to work effectively so the way it works effectively is it's a floating weir and as the return jet pushes water through it it kind of moves up and down and that's what pulls the leaf debris into the bag that's attached to it so at a certain point if the water level gets too low the pool skin won't work you just have to keep an eye on it if you don't have an auto fill to make sure that's effective but the installation is pretty easy comes at some fittings and straight pipes, you just have to cut it to size. And you want to cut it to a point where if you do have problems with low water, you may want to put it a little bit lower in the pool because again, that weir has some um, play with it and you can actually have it go higher. So you don't want to install it too high in the water. But if you want to err on the side of caution, I would install it a little bit lower in the water so that that floating weir has more room and the water level gets lower. But other than that, yes, at some point, if the water level gets too low, it's not going to work effectively. Here's a rather long question, but I think it's worth answering here and unpacking in a little more detail. And this was posted on a video I did with Bob Lowry a few years ago, all about swimming pool algicides and ways to prevent algae. The question is, question about borates, does keeping 50 parts per million borates in the pool mean I can use two parts per million less chlorine to keep algae from forming? What if I had 100 parts cyanuric acid? Does the borate still work as an algistat? Or do I need to do the 5% of the CYA level? I'm in a pool service I'm a pool service guy in SoCal. Chlorine prices haven't come down. And it's pretty expensive to keep chlorine levels very high. Customers frown on companies around here that charge extra for chemicals. So I try to keep my monthly rates high enough to offset. Phosphore remover, borates, algaecide, high chlorine. What's the most cost-effective way to prevent algae given? Clean filter, enough pump, runtime, et cetera. Now there's a combination of things you can do. To keep a high chlorine level. Now, of course, this is counterintuitive to a lot of the tips out there, and it's of course counter to what Bob Lowry and what hassa preaches. But if you really wanted to keep a high chlorine level, you can overload that pool with trichlor tablets, and you can maintain a high chlorine level at an inexpensive cost. Now, the only major side effect is that you're raising that cyanuric acid to really, really high levels, which means you have to maintain a high level of chlorine to offset algae growth. And this has done a lot. This is an old school method. A lot of people back when I first started, and even a lot of people still use this method in hot areas like Arizona and Nevada, parts of California, where they just use trichlor tablets and it keeps a good residual chlorine level because the cyanuric acid really protects that chlorine. And you can really keep a high chlorine level by putting you know, four trichlor tablets in a pool during the summer or five tablets, depending on the size of the pool. And this will definitely help you keep a high chlorine level without you adding chlorine to the pool. Now, trichlor tablets aren't cheap. And this method was really popular when you can get, you know, a 50-pound bucket for $78. Now, trichlor is over $200 for that 50-pound bucket. So it's it's not an easy, it's not a cheap, I shouldn't say, method of keeping high chlorine in the pool any longer. And so now there's alternate methods that we have to develop to offset the high cost of chlorine since that method is not really great. And it does have a major side effect by adding a ton of cyanuric acid to the pool. So we have borates, we have a pool RX. You can do a phosphate enzyme treatment every week. You can do something like the Nature 2 that goes on the plumbing. It's also a mineral type system like pool RX. And of course, an expensive alternative would be a saltwater generator that is like a small chlorine factory that makes the chlorine for the pool right there at the pool. But that's an expensive alternative. I mean, not super cost effective compared to the price of trichlor. Over time, it may add up to a savings at some point, but it is a lot of upfront cost for the customer. So borates are a good method to do this. If you have the pool at 50 parts per million, borates are a natural algistat, stat, so algae won't form. 30 to 50 parts per million is a sweet spot for this. You'll have to get test strips to measure the borate level before you start and after. So how do you check the borate level? You can do it mathematically with the poolcalculator.com app. It has a borate chart there. You could do it just by whatever the manufacturer recommends adding. If you're buying a product from a manufacturer, there'll be a label on the bag. It'll tell you how much borates to add per thousand gallons of water. For example, I'm looking at the label of the Pro Series Boric Acid by Natural Chemistry. And on this label, to get it to 30 to 35 parts per million. On the back of the Pro Series boric acid, there's a formula here for initial startup. So they want you to add 1.5 pounds of boric acid powder to every, to every 1,000 gallons of water. So if you had a 10,000-gallon pool, you would add 15 pounds of the boric acid to the pool. And to add the maintenance dose later, you would add 1 pound for every 1,000 gallons of water to bring it up by 2 parts per million. So basically, the formula is there for you. It's pretty easy. So you measure your pool. If you had a, let's just keep it simple, if you had a 20,000-gallon pool, you would have to add 30 pounds of the boric acid powder to bring it to 30 to 35 parts per million. And then if you wanted to raise it higher, you can, of course, add more. And that would, the formula for that, I would recommend going to the poolcalculator.com app to get the exact formula to raise it to 50 parts per million, because this formula here is to raise it to 30 to 35 parts per million, which is still an effective level. And if you want to go higher, you can do that. And of course, you can do a weekly phosphate treatment and enzyme treatment. I find that the phosphate and enzyme treatment is highly effective. Natural chemistry makes a variety of products that have phosphate and enzymes in them. Pool Perfect comes to mind. And they also have one with the enzyme phosphates and a kind of sun shield in it. So there's all kinds of different products you can use to extend the chlorine, especially with the prices as high as they are. Pool RX is a mineral technology. Basically is a copper based algicide and the copper is chelated, so it's suspended and basically it's not going to stain the pool or drop out. And this also prevents algae. It allows you to use less chlorine in the pool. And the same thing goes for the nature too. It's very similar to the pool RX. It lets small amounts of mineral in and you just put it on your equipment area. And all these will really help. Now you can, of course, combine them. They're, they're all compatible. Well, almost all of them are compatible with each other except for the mineral systems. So I would not use like a PoolRx and a an Nature2 or, or the Frog mineral system together or maybe the Remington Solar Sunshock. None of those can be used in conjunction because they're mineral-based and you may be adding more copper to the water than it can suspend. But PoolRx is compatible with borates. Boris is compatible with phosphate and enzymes. Phosphate and enzymes is compatible with pool RX. And you can see that using all three of these sometimes in the pool is highly effective. The customer should be the one absorbing the cost of these enhancers. This is what I call this, these products. So if you're using a phosphate and enzyme, the customer should be paying for a bottle of phosphate and enzymes from you. If you're using boric acid, they should be paying you for the initial dose of the borates in the pool. And the same goes for the Pool RX unit. The customer should pay you for that Pool RX unit also. And I'll end with this one here. This question was on the Jacuzzi JCF425 cartridge filter. And it says, Will you please explain to me why there is no multi-port valve installed with this unit? It has really made my life very difficult because of the vacuuming of my pool. Cartridge filters, just by nature, don't need to be backwashed. They can't be backwashed because the way the backwash works is that the water will go back into the D grids and the high velocity of this kind of cleaning or backwashing of a cartridge filter would just destroy the paper that it's made out of. And so you can't really create that kind of turbulence in the cartridge filter. So the easy solution here, if you have a cartridge filter and you want to vacuum the waste mode, simply put a three-way valve in front of the cartridge filter, and then you can put an adapter on to connect a vacuum hose. And then you would just turn that Jandy valve basically to a waste mode, before the water gets to the cartridge filter, and then you can vacuum the waste. I'm not sure why no one really has invented this device, maybe because you could just put a three-way valve, but it would be really cool to have a dedicated cartridge filter vacuum the waste valve. Maybe one of the manufacturers will start selling their cartridge filter, with the waste valve in front of it, Jandy had something similar to this for their D filters. It's kind of a, it was a weird D backwash valve. You can still find them on the Jandy D filters. So it'd be smart to put one of these in front of the cartridge filter. And then when you wanted to vacuum the waste, let's say there was a windstorm or there's a lot of dirt in there, you simply attach your waste hose to the three-way valve with the vacuum adapter and then turn on the pump after you turn the valve to waste, turn on the pump, and then you can vacuum the pool out. bypass the cartridge filter but there are no d valves or multi-port valves there are no backwash valves or multi-port valves i should say for a cartridge filter you can only find those on a d filter or sand filter it's one small drawback for cartridge filters that they don't have a way to backwash them or vacuum them to waste if you're looking for other podcasts i recorded you can find those on my website just go to swimmingpoollearning.com on the banner click on the podcast icon And then a drop-down menu of podcasts will appear there for you. And if you want to join my coaching program or get more information about that, you can learn more about that at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a rest of your week, and God bless. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at GetSkimmer backslash PoolGuy. Again, that's GetSkimmer backslash PoolGuy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.